You keep your eyes on me, okay? Okay. You don't look anywhere else. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Crossroads recap of HBO's The Last of Us series. This is episode one, When You Are Lost in the Darkness. And tonight I have with me my partner, Stephanie Klimov. What's up? Look for the light. Hey, I'm psyched to talk about an amazing show. All right. And uh, and to anyone that has seen previous episodes of Crossroads, like this face and this voice might be very familiar to you guys. Welcome back. It's always a pleasure, Mr. Dan Murphy. So happy to be back. And I'm so excited to talk about the show as well. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, that shit was fucking epic. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> There's no... There, I... Oh, you know what? Hold on, hold on. You know what? Let me let me do this right. Let me do this right. We're here to cover the TV adaptation of Naughty Dog's Last of Us Part One. Uh, this series right now, like season one of the show, is is com- completely devoted to the first game in the Last of Us uh, in the Last of Us uh, the series uh, that started originally on PlayStation Three. Uh, got a got a, a remaster later on the PS Four because the because the PS Four came out right about a year or so after the Last of Us One originally released on PlayStation 3. Um, and now, of course, we just we just recently had the PS5 complete remake of The Last of Us Part 1. And it's supposed to be basically a more evening out of the two of the game. So it so it kind of links up and feels more similar to The Last of Us Part 2, which which is available on PS4 right now, which I'm pretty sure, you know, like we'll we'll start hearing rumblings of the PS5 version of that coming out sooner or later. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, the the Last of Us for HBO and HBO Max. Uh, the series comes to us and is written and executive produced by Craig Mazin, who um, who you may know that name from HBO's Chernobyl, which also a wonderful miniseries. That that was. Uh, well, I'm sorry, we don't call them miniseries anymore. I'm, I'm dating myself now. It's a limited series, <laughs> and of course, the man Neil Druckmann, who is responsible, who is who is who is a partner partner co-president of naughty dog at this point now um neil Druckmann was also the uh the, the lead and the head producer for the last of us um as well as uh, as a director for uncharted 4 um mm-hmm. so this episode just aired sunday january 15th and uh number one like it came up on us fast because i remember when we were just hearing like the, the trailers and stuff and you know hearing like the the rumors and the rumblings and all of a sudden oh it's going it, they're they're starting to record and then they 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 wrapped principal recording and now they're doing all the sound checks and all this stuff and like damn this show came up on us fast i i like that timeline i don't like it when things feel like they're they dragging drag on out. forever um, but since yeah. you mentioned, you know, all the systems that the games came out with, I think it'd be good to level set. Maybe we each just super quick, um, explain like our relationship to the last of us. Like if we've played it or not in relationship to the show, like I can start, mm-hmm. I did not play it when it first came out. I played it when the remastered released on my PS4, uh, played it to completion. I also played the last of us part two. And right now I am currently playing through the last of us part one, the latest remake on my PS5, like kind of with the show. And I know that's hard to do because we don't know where the show's going to take a turn, but I'm trying to play enough just so I can kind of relive it in the episode when it plays out. I think that's actually a cool idea. I think yeah. that is. Yeah, I actually tried doing that too. The uh, first time I played it was when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, I played it when it first came out. And then I played the remaster version back in like 2015. And um, I ended up just like, I, I still had it downloaded on my playstation 5 so i just re-downloaded it and started again so it was the first time i've played it since 2015 um yeah so i tried doing what stephanie is doing uh with like playing along with the show but i ended up just kind of blowing by and (laughs) i'm probably like three quarters of the way through it uh i love the game oh man yeah yeah i love the game i thought it was like one of my I'm, i'm terrible at shooters i don't really like zombie shit so like this is this is definitely something that's outside my comfort level when it comes to gaming and 
you know, the stories that I like. Um, but man, I absolutely loved it. And I actually never played the second one because I loved the first so much that I didn't really want to taint that. Um, but mm-hmm. now I bought it and I'm going to play it right after I play this one. Nice. <laughs> you know, you know, what? I have a confession to make, too. I have The Last of Us Part Two, but I have not played it. I have, I have never, uh, and it's more, is more because like when I beat the last of us, uh, because like, yeah, the games, the, the game is officially going to hit 10 years old this year. When I played it back when it first came out on PS3, um, you know, like when I got, to, when I, when I played the game, beat the game, saw the ending and everything, I was like, oh wow, this is a, this, this is a very neat self-contained story. Like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't anticipate a sequel happening. So I, so I kind of like closed off, you know, to the, to the whole idea of it. And then when they announced the sequel was coming, I was like, did we need a sequel for this game? And, you know, and then, and then I had to wrestle with myself. Of course I bought the game day one, last of us part two day one, but you know, um, still haven't played it to this day yet because I don't know, like, uh, you know, like there was, a, there was a whole bunch of turmoil behind that game's release. Uh, Naughty Dog seems to have the ever, the ever going curse of all their shit just get, getting leaked all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, and it's, and it's just crazy. Like, like it's like the last of, well, actually, yeah, it's the last of us curse because like, because like the last of us part two got leaked and then the remake of the last of us part one got leaked and, you know, and you know, like they is like they can't keep a secret or someone. I think they have a mole. I think there's a mole inside there, and they're just doing it on purpose. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think they like leaking everything on their own. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, why, yeah. why I, else I would that. this happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, like this was. I can proudly say that this is one of the final games that came out on PS3 that uh, that I that I did have a chance to play. Um, as a matter of fact, funny story. Um, my PS3, my original PS, actually, no, my second PS3, because I had one of the old, the original PS3s, the $600 ones. Um, so this is my second PlayStation three that I had when, when this game came out, the, the disc drive and the system went bad. And so in like halfway through the game and I was sitting there and I was like, what's going on? Like my PlayStation broke and I had to replace my PlayStation to continue playing the game. So like the fact that I was so into the game, like I literally got the next day, ran straight to GameStop and bought a new PlayStation. No way. <laughs> Just so like and 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 popped out popped out my old hard drive, put the put that uh, put it in the new system and continued playing. <laughs> yeah, um that's Yeah, cool. so that's that's my that's my history of The Last of Us. Um I'm really I really am glad that you know like we're getting an adaptation and we're about to talk, uh, talk more in depth about the adaptation in a moment, because uh, I, I swear like it was, it kind of, it kind of blew me away. <laughs> yeah. I don't want, I don't want to sound like a hype person. Um, sometimes I do talk, talk and hyperbole and stuff, but, and I know video game adaptations have been improving incrementally. I feel mostly in TV series, not so much movies and, you know, but the point is this is the first one that is actually blown my mind away as far as video game adaptations i i'm just it was very promising and it's one of the few things that actually have lived up to the expectations that i have set and even exceeded them yeah yeah i i've never liked any uh video game adaptations I swear it's it's like it's like they it's like they just want to like step on our necks with this crap sometimes don't they (laughs) right like and i mean you know, this one, this was so good. Um, it was really good. We'll get more into the episode and why I think it worked. Um, but Mm -hmm. like, like you said though, it's like they, they're getting better maybe, but not to me. So, well, that's like, maybe steps, (laughs) but I I don't know about you guys, but I think a big, a large factor has to do with the fact that Neil Druckmann was involved. I feel that yeah. when you yeah. have it, a game adaptation, you need to include the people that created the game to provide the input. I I, I feel like Neil Druckmann's just going to get just straight. He's going to go straight Hollywood now real soon. Like he's going he's gonna to be like screw developing games and stuff like that. Like he, he may have a future in like in like cinema. All right. So uh, now we've had that bit of dead air. <laughs> <laughs> all right so so uh like i said this is episode one when you're when you are lost in the darkness um and uh the show stars uh in the main cast uh we have uh for 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 joel miller uh played by the wonderful pedro pascal who you may know is the mandalorian love him love or him, also love the him. Bad, or 
are also the bad guy in Wonder Woman 84. You know, he was also in the uh, he was also in the Nick Cage movie, the new one. And <gasps> <laughs> yes, oh my gosh, he was so good in that movie. Like, it, I I can't believe how funny he was. <laughs> I love this yeah. guy. I really he's love awesome. He has such a he has such a great range. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, also, also uh, the show stars uh, Nico Parker playing Sarah. It was uh, Joel's daughter in the game, and I gotta say, damn, like, whew. Ooh, yeah. Just talk about someone to nail the role. Talk yes. About it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll yeah. talk about that, but yeah. Yeah. We also had uh, Gabriel Luna as uh, Tommy, uh, Joel's brother, who uh, some people may know him. Like I know him more fondly as a uh, ghostwriter from season four of uh, a- a- Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh, he was also the uh, the Rev the Rev Nine in uh, Terminator Terminator what uh, Terminator not Genesis. What was the, what was the last Terminator movie that came out? <laughs> uh, he was basically a Terminator uh, in that movie. Um, and then we also have Bella Ramsey as, uh, as, as Ellie Williams, who that's our, that's of course our second main character for the entire, uh, for the entire run of the franchise. Bella Ramsey, a lot of people should not, should know her best for, uh, as Lady Mormont from, uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a tour plays Tess. And then we have Merle Dandridge as Marlene. And for, for some of you people who are not as familiar with the game, as you may be, as you may be about the series, Merle Dandridge, she's actually the motion cap actress that played Marlene in the game. She motion cap as well as the voice actress and stuff like that, and uh, and it's and it's just crazy. Uh, somewhere in there, Troy Baker's also in there too, but I haven't spotted him yet. I'm not sure if he's, I'm not sure if he's, you know, looking like himself or is he's just one one of the freaking you know cordyceps zombies. I don't know. I haven't seen him yet, but. I love when they do, see do shit like this. So yeah. So actually, um, I'll jump in real quick about that. So <clears throat> there's four actors from the game that are going to be in the show. So you already went over Marley. Um, Troy Baker. He's going to play a guy named James. He's a secondary character <clears throat> that was he was in the game and a member mm. of the survivor group. Mm. Um, okay. So that's who he's going to be. Ashley Johnson, who played Ellie. Ellie. Um, she's going to play a new character named Anna. And then Jeffrey Pierce, who played Tommy in the game, he's going to be a new character named Perry. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. All yeah. right. So those yeah. are the four actors that are coming back from the game, which is just awesome that they're still including everybody. Hell yeah. Wow. Now, now I'm just going. I'm just going to go ahead and say this, and I'm, and you know, I'll probably invite the ire of the internet. When I first heard that Pedro Pascal was being casted as Joel, I was like, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to work, you know, you know. But I swear to God, like seeing him in the show, seeing him, seeing him, you know, like amongst the sets and everything, it's like, damn, like this is Joel. This is literally <laughs> Joel, like on, on the screen right now. It's, it's crazy. I think he's the best. I think he's the best one so far. Like the yeah. way he looks, yeah. acts, yep. like everything. He's got it all. Yeah. I, I, I'll admit, Laurent, I had yeah. that initial reaction, but you know, that's fine because we didn't get to see him in action. And then once I saw more and more, I'm like, actually, he's perfect. Yeah. 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 And I, and I mean, like, I don't know, you know, like, it, you know, I see him a lot in the, as the Mandalorian and stuff like that. So, you know, like the only time we really saw the range of his acting is that one episode where he had to take his mask off in the Mandalorian. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, but beyond that, I also know he's been in other pro- projects and stuff like that, but I'm, I mainly like focus on him as Mando, you know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So like, it was, it's really good seeing like, you know, like more range from this guy, even though like he had wonderful range in wonder woman 84 even though like mm, yeah that was a really whack villain that was a really whack villain yeah <laughs> well one of the two villains <laughs> but uh but yeah uh uh bella ramsey you know i gotta say yeah it's ellie uh, it's, it's i think it's a more foul mouth ellie than what was actually in the game <laughs> it's ellie right <laughs> Yeah, I love uh, I I love how Anna Torb is um is uh portraying Tess because I mean Tess was already a tough as nails like like lady mm-hmm. in the in the original game and you know just you can definitely you can definitely see she's more of the brains to Joel's Joel's brawn yeah you know uh you can definitely see that um so like that and and Marlene her character 
they're you know the fact that you know like they're getting the original actress that did all the mo- all, all the voice acting and motion capture for her the fact that they're they got her in there like it feels like it's fleshing out this character even more because in, in all honesty like we only see we only see marlene in the beginning of, of the game and then at the end of the game mm-hmm. those are the only times we see her and it seems like it seems like what we saw her in this episode was a lot more than what we ever saw in the game and i'm gonna shut up now i'm gonna let you guys talk no, I mean, I say let's kick it off to what I found already to be the one of the first big impactful scenes was the opening, which caught me off guard. I was, you know, fully expecting to see, you know, Joel and Ellie. And here we are, 1968, I think, was the year. Yeah. And it opens up to kind of like a talk show with your typical slick haired hose talking to two scientists about what? Pandemics, guys. And they first talk about viral pandemics. And I'm like sitting in my seat uncomfortably like, oh, pandemics. That's a trigger word for people these days. And then mm-hmm. they go up. And by the way, one of them, um, the name is slipping John Hanna. Dude, that guy was from the John mummy. Hanna. From the yeah. mummy. Looks yes. great. <laughs> love that guy. And he I, talk- love, I love I love John Hanna. Like yeah. he's one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite actors. So I was happy to see him there, but he was the scientist that says, you know, I'm not worried about viruses. I'm not worried about bacteria. I'm worried about I'm worried about I'm worried about mushrooms. Mushrooms. <laughs> and you know, the crowd drew a reaction which I think should mimic probably what our true audience would be thinking if we heard that, right? Like mushrooms? What really? Um mm-hmm. and what I found brilliant was not only they explained how like real examples, like the one that takes over the brains of ants, right? Yeah. And how they cordyceps. the cordyceps, they don't impact humans. But what if scenario global warming happens, which is an actual viable issue that we're currently going through that people didn't take seriously back then. Well, some don't take mm-hmm. it seriously now yeah. anyway, but you know what I mean? Um, and then it kind of ends in an uneasiness before we jump to 2000 and. So what did you guys think of them choosing that as the opening scene? I loved it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good. I think it set the tone for the entire show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought it was a good way to explain the virus without feeling forced or without having it kind of, you know, fall in the background of what's going on because everything that happens with Joel and Ellie and Tess, it's always so intense and it's always so front forward. So I think this is a good way to actually kick off the show and kind of just set the tone for it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally with you. I love, I love when, I love when shows that I watch, like, you know, like always incorporate science, you know, it's, it's one of those mm-hmm. things for me because I'm a, I'm a sci-fi nerd and stuff like that. And so I, I love it. I also like how, because this is because like for people who are, who've never played the game, this this scene back in 1968 this is not even part of the game this is completely original content and i like how like you know like we saw we saw like the the production team's activism because like they're definitely targeting climate change they're talking about current world conditions with a pandemic it's uh like at this point you know like covid is you know something that we we kind of like living and dealing with and you know stuff like that but just to, uh, but what they're saying is is that is that there's always something worse around the corner you know and we have to like we have to take care of our plant the same way our planet has been trying to take care of us. Like the symbiosis is is thrown out of out of whack now. Um, exactly. So yeah, like yeah. So and I love how like in this interview, like you know, I do like how like like it kind of like puts both the audience in the show as well as us the audience. It kind of puts us off, you know, uh, you know, at ease to a certain point because it's so conversational, so joking and stuff like that. And then boom, it gets really serious mm-hmm. and then it goes right back to jokes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uneasy. And then you get that kind of opening kind of like the, 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 the theme music and the credits, which first looked like game of Thrones, how things were like kind of building up. And I was like, Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then, you know, all the fungus growing and it ends with um, kind of the outline of uh, Ellie and Joel, which I think is, brilliant and 2003 man here we go we wake up with uh ellie i mean not ellie woo sorry sarah um nico parker and waking up her father for her birthday um i really enjoyed the exchange between the two i think they nailed the chemistry and the dynamic joel's kind of Mm -hmm. i don't know sarah's keeping him together let's let's just make that very clear (laughs) 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I also, I also love how like the show, like the show is doing a good job of trying to keep like original dialogue in the game. Like you know, like and, you know, it's a, so good at. I don't that. even know if it's. Yes. I don't even know if it's like it's like it's like the heavy hitting. It's not just the heavy hitting stuff. It's just all the like the there's just the quirkiness of like what what we saw in the game because like you know, this is the stuff that kind of helps like the audience, like gamers as well as like TV viewers and stuff like that get to get to know and empathize with the characters more and stuff like that. So. I thought that was really cool. That was also really slick because it's because like gamers everywhere last night were doing the Leo Leo thing where I was like he <laughs> <laughs> was doing that thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, the finger pointing thing for the people who will be listening yeah. to the audio. It was in a later <laughs> scene, but when Sarah's like, drugs, I sell hardcore drugs. I'm like, that's from the game. That's from the game. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I know. Or, or just like, or just like, uh, the the birthday present. It, it, Joel's yeah. like, you got me a present. <laughs> <laughs> but I, oh, I, I loved the uh, car ride. Like when when they're fleeing yeah. the scene. I mean, that is like word for word <gasps> yes. from the game. Yeah, I was like, was... I was blown away by that. And they like had the same tone. Everything. I felt like I was right, shifting yeah. around in the car. Like that point of view. Oh. Chef's kiss. Yeah, so good. And um, you know what? And you know what? Ba- going back to Nico Parker, man, like wonderful, wonderful portrayal, you know, and stuff like that. And just wonderful just how she acted out so many scenes and stuff like that. We actually saw, I feel like we actually saw much more emotion, you know, through Nico's portrayal of Sarah than we actually could have gotten from the game itself. And you know what? If this is the type of magic that they're going to be working on with this entire series, sign me up. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, they did a really good job with the cinematics with her, too. I mean, you really felt like, I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be this way because we've played the game. But, like, mm-hmm. you really yeah. felt that Sarah was going to be the protagonist of the show, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And that, that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And they put, like, so much passion and, like, uh, you know, this girl absolutely killed it. And, I mean, I'll get into it a little more when we get to yeah. the scene, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think, I think, I mean, HBO doesn't miss. They just did such they a don't. good job they with don't. these cinematics. Like, and even like when they're talking, when um, Sarah's talking to the neighbors, like you see these like panning out to the to the woman who just can't move or speak. Like, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. so like rewatch the cinematics of everything they did with Sarah. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's 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 it, too. Like the whole like the whole bantering back and forth where it was like, whereas like whereas like Sarah and Joel were trying to pass each other off to the to the elderly neighbors <laughs> and stuff like that. That was that was so hilarious. Um, uh, but uh, but you know what I also like? I also like that, you know, like that's kind of where like the, the, the show and the game diverge from each other, because because if you remember in the game, like um like like Sarah wakes up in the middle of the night. And Joel is the one that runs in and tells her, tells her to, you know, like to get somewhere safe because like, you know, one of the neighbors is getting ready to bust through the patio neighbors door right. and, he has right. shoot, and he has a, sh- and he has to shoot them um, yeah. and, and things like that. Whereas in this, whereas in this scene, it's almost like, you know, like Sarah is like playing the Joel part from the game mm-hmm. because like, she's the one that discovers there's something wrong with the neighbors and, you know, right. stuff like yeah. that. And man, I'm, you know, I got to say, you know, like they're doing a good job of keeping us on our toes, like people who are familiar with the games and played and beat the games. They're doing a yeah. good job of keeping us I on our toes. I think the parts right. where they choose to be different, it's it's just right. And I don't know like how much you want to jump ahead or what milestone, but like, you know, we see kind of Sarah going through her day and yeah. she wants to get her father's watch fixed uh, for his birthday. And you know, like in the background, whether it's a news story or like the police car in the background, mm-hmm. like shit's starting to go down in the background. This bit of uneasy yes. feeling. The watchmaker jeweler's wife's like, we're closing down the store. And then it gets the first time I really got creeped out was when Sarah was at the neighbor's. They oh, this was such a creepy scene where she is looking at DVDs and the elderly woman is in the background, blurred out, but like her mouth right. opens and her head twitches. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. oh my gosh, is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? At first I thought she was having a stroke. Because like it because like she she got twitchy and then her mouth started moving and I was like I was like, is she having a stroke or is this or I'm like, are we about to see like her attack? You know, I I did not know what to expect. <laughs> Well, maybe that's a bit ambiguous, right? It wants us to be like, because she is frail and elderly and needs to be taken care of, is this a medical emergency or is there something 
No, it's a medical emergency, all right. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, since uh, well, uh, you know, and of course, like the the big the big the big thing happens in in '03. Like you know, like once once is known that you know, like hey, something's happening. People in the city are sick, and you know, like there's there's full on like panic and stuff like that. Uh, uh, like Dan said, the uh, the whole car ride, the, mm-hmm. well, the the car ride scene that was that was nailed one hundred percent. Like I, I feel like I feel like just like how we in the gamers, we as the gamers were sitting in the game, you know, like watching like stuff go by on the street and things like that. That's the audience got that bird's eye view of it as well, um, and things like that. And admit, okay, first of all, who the hell is watching movies at two thirty in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> When they got into town and like everybody's like running out of the movie theater, like what? Yeah. The, what the hell? What what movie <laughs> were, they, were they watching? Avatar? What, what were they watching? <laughs> They're still the theater at two thirty. <laughs> no, no, it's it's one of those movie theaters. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. yeah, yeah. That explains there's more men than women running out. Okay. <laughs> there was like an like an astounding sense of panic. Like I felt it. And you know what actually yeah. made me kind of anxious and this wasn't in the game. So it was like added pizzazz was the, the airplanes. Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. my God. Cause I can't remember. I don't, I don't remember the airplanes. No, they weren't in the game. At all. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that was, that was a little extra <laughs> little. Yeah. yeah. Little dynamic. And man, like I, I knew my, I knew my heart was going to break the same way it did. Like, you know, like when, um, when the, when the act, when the car accident happens and, you know, like Joel, uh, like Joel has the, like, you know, like, like carry Sarah through, through the, through the streets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know what? HBO's version of the Cordyceps zombies are a lot different from the game versions because like those fuckers run fast. Yes, they do. And it's almost like the Days Gone terrifying. zombies. Yeah, they are. It's almost like the Days Gone zombies, like you know, yes. and not the Last of Us zombies. You know, um, yeah. So, man, like I was like, oh my god, I was like, man, like that that one that was chasing uh, Joel and Sarah. I was like, oh my god, he's going, yeah. he's going to get somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and just just quick side note, just because you now mentioned like how these are depicted, the first one that we see is the the old lady that turned. Up close, it had the fungi growing out of her mouth. And yes, that, yeah. Like we don't ooh. we don't ever see that in the games. We don't ever yeah. see that in the games. Like not even in the death scenes. You know, like yeah. when when like Joel gets gets hemmed up. Like you, you never we never see that. So that was a nice touch. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, is it is this the point where we talk about the scene? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, spoilers, but uh, we we get to the point where. Um, Joel is carrying Sarah and they bump up against an officer and the officer is calling it in and Joel very well done. You know, we're not sick. We're not sick, please. You know, I I have a child and um, soldier follows orders and shoots and Sarah uh, is dying. And this is where performance of the year in my opinion I, she ha, she must have either played the game or watched that scene in the game i mean i'm sure she would have had to do it anyway to but like because the even the way she sounded almost sounded like mm-hmm. a sound clip from the game i was like holy shit yeah so i think i read that um Druckmann didn't want any of them to play the game like oh. right before the shooting. I think I heard that too. I yeah. Think I heard that too. I, I'm trying to find the article where I read that just to kind of confirm right. it. I but. think they mentioned, no, I think they actually mentioned, I, I, as a matter of fact, I think, I think Bella and uh, Pedro mentioned that during their game awards, uh, like the game awards uh, this year when they, when they, when they're on the stage. It does sound familiar. So maybe it's just a coincidence, but just like the scene, the noises she was making, like it just, was very eerily similar eerily similar eerily eerily similar and oh i mean it's crazy though like we've played the game we know what happens and i was just sitting there like sweating bullets watching that scene like it was it's so hard to watch again (laughs) like it's crazy yeah yeah um yeah you know i i will say this um i i even though I felt the emotion when I was playing the game, like I understood like this is this was a plot device and stuff like that, you know, back when I was playing the game back in 2013. Mm-hmm. But this time having to like see it and like redo it and it's not in a virtual form, like it really it really kind of struck me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, well, that and they they had more of Sarah in this episode so far. 
And especially for those yes. that haven't played the game that thought maybe we would see the whole series through her eyes, it's like, man, sucker punch to the gut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So after that, like, we uh, we definitely, like, we we time jump is now 20 years later after after the incident and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, to 2023. <laughs> it's wild. It's it's wild. I didn't think I didn't think they were going to go there. You know, I thought they were either going to be, like, a couple years ahead of us, if anything, you know. But they were like, nah, like, it's smack dab right now. And I think, and I got to give them credit for that because I don't think the timeline was ever established in the original game. Like, I don't think they ever said, like, like uh, Steph- Stephanie, you're fresher on the game than I am. Did they say when, you know, like, you know, in 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 our history, this is this is happening in the game. Um, you know, I I, I, think, I think it was very ambiguous. If you give me a second, while you guys, you know, talk a bit more, I'm okay. pretty sure it, the 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 timeline is very slightly different. Um, let me see. Sorry, what was the question? I kind of As- zoned out for a second. Oh, so in yeah. The, in the game, did they ever? Yeah, it, in the it, game, did they ever establish what year? Yeah, the outbreak. Of yeah, the it's outbreak twenty thirty three. Yeah, so it, it was twenty thirteen when the outbreak started, and then it still took place, quote unquote, twenty years later. But it's twenty thirty three instead of twenty twenty three. Okay. Yeah, like I said, my my mem- my memory is, is is rusty because like I thought about what I was going to do in the lead up to the show. I thought about whether I, whether or not I was going to play the game or not, but uh, but I'm like, you know what? Now that the series has started, I'm going to wait for this entire first season to end, and then I'm going to play the game again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we, we uh, time jump. Yeah. And so yeah. Oh, we're, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was, oh, I was literally going to say the same thing. We time jump. It's 2023. Go for it. <laughs> No, um, we, again, just, uh, they chose a scene that's not in the game where it looks like a zombie walking, but it just looks like a poor child that's, like, almost on his last legs, gets to the quarantine zone. Um, we see the Fedra soldiers take the child in and take care of them. But then they take that test, and the way they do it, I think, is great because they show us. They don't say anything. They just tap red yeah and i'm like oh my gosh what are they gonna do they're gonna like pull him away but no the fedra so- shoulders is a, a so- sho- soldier soldiers it's getting late <laughs> i'm it's getting late like oh we're gonna give you a medicine and everything's gonna be okay and i've had very like i just had i don't know i felt very conflicted when i saw that not that i have an opinion mm-hmm. but just you know, do you want to panic the kid? And maybe it's like a mercy killing. I don't know. It just, it was, it made me feel very uncomfortable. And I'm pretty sure that's the show's intention. I don't know what you guys mm-hmm. thought about this scene. And then the burning of the bodies. Okay. So, so oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so like the burning of the bodies was actually a subtly powerful scene as well. Um, where Joel is, you know, working alongside someone and, that person looks at him and says, I can't do that. It's a child. And Joel just basically walks over and does his job. A body is a body is a body at this point. And it shows that Joel is just going through the motions. He just doesn't have it in him anymore to, you know, feel that pain. So like, I think, I think they like subtly showed that throughout that scene. And again, they're doing such a good job every time at just setting this tone. And, that was so subtle and so quick, but it's setting the tone for Joel's character and who he is going forward. And mm-hmm. it's going to be part of his character development later on in the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, uh, when they, when they brought the kid into the, into the quarantine zone and stuff like that, the one thing I, the one thing, well, two things struck out to me. Number one, they showed us real fast, like how long it takes for someone to turn. Like they showed us what happens if it's a, if it's a neck or a head bite. You know, they showed us if it's, oh, if it's yeah. a bite in the arm or the torso. And if it's a bite, you know, like lower extremities and stuff like that. They showed us they showed us the turn time. And so what I thought was cool was how they did the exposition of it when with them examining the little boy and seeing that he had the, and he had the uh, they had the gash on his knee and stuff like that. And when we find out that, you know, like he's actually infected and stuff like that, I loved how like, you know, like the one, like the lead, the lead guard showed, it was so, she showed so much humanity and it was so humane how they did it because like, you know, it could have been one of those terrifying things where we just see them drag the kid off somewhere and we know what's going to happen and stuff right. like that. But they, but you know, they showed that, you know, and stuff like that, and, you know, it was, it was another one of those, those, just those scenes that grabbed me. Um, but you know, I was like, in in the back of my mind, I was like, it could have been so much worse. <laughs> it could have been so yeah. much worse. And you know, and um, and I will say this: I think 
you know, we've gotten to, we've gotten to a point in cinema now where you know, like, um, like I don't know when this happened, but it's okay to kill kids now, and you know, like that is something that you know I think us as an audience we wrestle with all the time because like in the back of our minds we know that stuff happens to kids all the time so i so i feel like you know like us seeing this stuff you know kind of helps us like you know like latch on to the fact that you know at the end of the day like well a right mind adult tries their best to protect the kid you know so like you know with her like just just saying hey you're gonna feel a little tickle um you know um we're just gonna give you a shot and then we're gonna like find your favorite food to eat and we're gonna get you some toys and get you all cleaned up and stuff like that it was you know like it was it you know you could tell she was doing her best yeah. <laughs> you could tell it was just heartbreaking though. That's, yeah. That was yeah. a tough scene to watch. I mean, this, yeah. the show isn't supposed to be uplifting. So <laughs> <laughs> like it really, really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's mostly a downer, you know, <laughs> for real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys, please talk about something next. Cause I'm going to keep sobbing about this poor child. What do you guys want to cover? <laughs> okay. Next? So, so most people are familiar with the game know at this point that we we get reintroduced to Joel and then we also meet Tess uh, and 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 this is where the this is one of the biggest deviations from the game so far that we've seen where this was supposed to be where Tess and Joel go and just basically kick the shit out of Robert because mm-hmm. <laughs> he screwed yeah. them over he right. screwed them over uh, and so like this whole the way this whole this whole scene changed from the game to the to the to the show I thought was very was very unique because like the reason why it was in the game was it was the tutorial to teach you how to play the game and learn the combat and stuff like that whereas like we're not playing the game as as the audience viewers this time so like Mm -hmm. we're just trying to get to the most relevant parts of the story and get and get basically joel and tess in front of marlene and the fireflies at this point so yeah i thought that was really cool uh I also like how they show what happens to like one of the cordyceps uh, zombies when they finally expire. <laughs> mm. That was that was wild. Like they're basically like a wall mural, <laughs> you know? Right. That was that was freakish. <laughs> yeah. Though I will say this, and this is has nothing to do with the fault of the show because I still thought this way in the game is because there were remember in parts in the game where if there are spores you have to put on your mask or the it, you automatically yeah. put on your mask and I'm like wait a minute like when do they have spores and when do they not have spores again it's not the show's mm-hmm. fault it just made me think of it when I saw that I'm like shouldn't it be like well I learned spores. I learned, I learned uh, there was a production note where like, you know, like the whole, they, they removed like the whole spores thing. Um, because I think, I think it was, I think it was two parts. Uh, number one, like, you know, like, well, if anyone watched Chernobyl, like those scenes where like they were dealing with like that ash and stuff, it was hard to see and make things out and stuff like that. And I think, I think the producers learned a little bit from that, you know, as a real, as a realistic depiction and stuff like that. But I also think that, you know, like, Hey, like it takes too much time in post and production and stuff to CG in like freaking mm. to freaking CG freaking spores in and stuff like that. If they're, if they're going to use CG, they could use practical effects for it and stuff like that. But then you got to worry about the cameras and you know, the actors and all that stuff. So I, I, so that's, that's the reason why I think they did it. Of course, gamers, gamers that are, that have more affinity with the game than, the, than, than whatever the series is going to be. Of course they were pissed off and stuff like that. And I'm like, just shut the hell up and, and, and enjoy things. Oh, then I'm okay right. with it then. It's either you have it in there or you don't have it in there it's more of a consistency thing so that's fine by me but i think i think they will explain eventually like how insidious like you know like if you touch that crap on the walls or like wherever it's at like it's in you <laughs> um right. yeah so uh so yeah so we so fast forward through all this you know and stuff like that joel and tess are going to kick kick robert's ass and come to find out robert's ass has already been kicked by the fireflies because he's because because he's he's double dealing and he screws them over and this is where and this is where we meet marlene but we this is but this is also where we learn that marlene has been holding on to ellie um and that whole scene where they introduce ellie for the first time that was pretty cool because like you know like she's just a smart ass she (laughs) <laughs> everything from the count to 10 to like <laughs> to like what's your name right. and i was like there's no way this chick's name is veronica <laughs> there's no <laughs> way uh yeah um and um i don't know the fireflies like i do like how like the fireflies depiction in the show like uh it fleshes them out better you know they don't just seem like vigilantes you know they seem like they seem like they have a purpose you know and stuff like that you know and especially with all the writing and, and spray painting stuff on the walls the graffiti and all that stuff you like i you know like it's cool it's cool 
Yeah, I, um, I, I, I yeah. liked the introduction to Ellie. Um, I, so I do have like two minor complaints about the show, and they're very minor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them, I think, I, I think they kind of, I don't know. So Ellie in the game is a wise ass, but she seems a little more witty (laughs) and it just seems to flow a little bit better. Whereas Ellie in the show, it just seemed a little bit more forced and like kind of, it seemed like a little much like with, you know, the excessive swearing and everything. So I don't know. It just seemed like a little much to me and I'm sure that'll iron out, but I, I mean, I loved Ellie like throughout the show anyway. So it's a very, very minor complaint on my end. Yeah, she seemed like such. She seems like a raw nerve in this game, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. So now we've gotten to the point because um, I, I feel like I, I don't want to like like put us in the hurry up mode and stuff like that. But um, but basically, all the major characters have been set up at this point. We've we've got Joel. We've got we've got Joel. We've got we've got Ellie. We've got Mar- uh, Marlene. I was about to say Merle. We've got Tess. You know. Um, even like asshole Tommy. Yeah, not Tommy. I'm sorry. Asshole, <laughs> asshole Robert's out the way now and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Now we're actually getting to the actual established plot of what the rest of the journey is going to be for the show and stuff like that. And it's basically getting Ellie outside of the, of the quarantine zone. They're in Boston, by the way. I don't think we mentioned that. Uh, they're in, they're in Boston and, and these sanctuary cities are now called quarantine zones. Basically, mm-hmm. basically the federal government, which is Fedra for short, I guess at this point. Um, you know, like they're, they're how, they're how they're keeping the rest of humanity alive and stuff like that. And these quarantine zones and stuff like that. But, you know, it's basically, it's basically martial law and, you know, like, you know, like this is, this is what happens when like we let things get beyond our control at this point. So like, there's another lesson right there for, for people out there who are, who are more open-minded to like what's going on in our world. Um, so, uh, they get Ellie outside and, this is the this is the major this is the major turning point for practically every character now because because Joel has been Joel has been just been checked out you know like you know like just the whole thing about like you know like he's burning bodies he's bait he's a he's a he's I don't know like I want to say he's a bad man but it's more like he's a it's more like he's good with his he's got he's got a unique skill set and that's how he survived all this time you know since uh, since two thousand three um, and things like that. And so, like being being thrust into a situation where, like, hey, like when Marlene is like, we'll make it worth your while, like get this girl out of here and stuff like that, you know, you know, like at first Joel's like, no, f- to help you guys, and, and Tess is like, we'll do it <laughs> because and and Tess has and Tess has explained to him because like because like right now at this point we know that Joel's been not so much estranged but separated from his brother uh, at this point, Tommy. Um, and Joel's trying to figure out where he's at because Tommy's disappeared and stuff like that. And, and Tess basically has a reminder, like, Hey, you want to find Tommy? This is how we find Tommy by getting this girl out of the city. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I like how they kind of set up in advance this like soldier that he, or Fedra's officer that he was like, you know, selling, um, drugs to, to get, you know, ration tickets is the mm-hmm. one that stumbles upon them in that iconic scene. So this, this officer catches the three, you know, get on your knees and he checks them for infection. And that's where Ellie kind of freaks out and stabs him. And the particular part that's a little bit different, which nails, nails Joel perfectly was that there's a flashback to back when the officer was shining the light at them and shot Sarah, he just kind of was triggered by that. And he beats the living shit out of this guy. Yeah. That was intense. Oh no. God. I want, I want to say in the game, didn't he just get shot or something like the, like, like, I, I I don't remember for sure. Like, um, like, cause it's been, it's been a while, but so all I know is like, this played out differently in the show that it did in the game. I know that. Yeah. And, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a beat down like that. I think, I think they just shot him and ran away. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was just a no name soldier. Like it was yeah. just in the game. There's no, there's no build up to who this person is. It just, that was, that was good for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but I think, but I think what like the standout part of the scene, there's not even, I think the standout part in the scene though, is like, is like the moment, like, you know, like, 
Like Ellie witnesses it, and then Joel realizes that he just did it in front of a child. Right. Though she seemed more amused by it than terrified. That is true. That is yeah, true. So so like, hmm. It seemed like she liked it, and and I think this is where the story is going to get a little bit deeper with the show because, as I was saying before, with the body scene, like Joel is dead inside, right? And mm-hmm. Ellie seems to enjoy someone that's going to protect her. She's enjoying someone that actually is going to stand up and do this. She enjoys this, and it it's starting to show you like these two are really made for each other. And yeah, it's going to develop more and more. I don't want to spoil anything down the road, but you know, like that, that was kind of the first time where you see that, like, this is going to work between these two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And while yeah. this wasn't where I thought the episode was going to end, I do think that that was great. You see that backdrop of the two buildings in Boston collapsed against one another and you know what's in there. And this is again, like just another added part in the show, but I think it sets the tone without saying words. It's that radio. Like if you hear seventies music, it means this guy or whatever eighties music and Ellie kind of, decodes it and says oh if you hear 80s music that means there's trouble outside the walls and what Mm -hmm. plays as the camera pans away exactly an 80s 80s tune yeah Mm -hmm. so so good yeah yeah it's it's funny you say that's that you thought that's where it wasn't going to end i thought the end of the first episode was going to be sarah I thought that was going to be the end of me the first too. episode. Me too. I thought the I thought the the prologue from the game was going to be the first this this ser- the series premiere. I thought so. Yeah. And man, they wrapped it up. They they wrapped it up pretty well. Yeah, they did awesome. I, I, I the episode was great. I think I think where they really hit was um you know, Joel. I think Joel was perfect. I think another part where they really hit was the cinematics. You know, like we talked about before, just um, Sarah kind of being seen as a protagonist at the beginning, only to rip your heart out as the story does. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, my two minors are what I talked about with Ellie. And then I think I'm kind of alone on this, but I don't really like the casting for Tess. Um, I didn't. She she just doesn't feel Tess to me, right? Like Tess is smart, she's quick, she's witty. I think this girl, something's just missing. It's not fully there for me, but mm-hmm. again, very minor. <laughs> because isn't, isn't that isn't that the lead from from the Fringe TV series? Isn't that her? It is, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. Hmm. You know, now that you mention it, I don't know. I wasn't really fond of her in Fringe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying she's a bad actress. It's just one of those. It's just one of those people I just I just couldn't latch on to. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I I don't yeah. know. I mean, I I think she could have looked a little more like Tess too. But yeah. Again, it doesn't really yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's a good thing that we're kind of like nitpicking because for the most part, I would say the 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 show was a success so far and. Um, I don't want to take time to analyze the what's coming up, but I will say it's definitely got me excited because I think there's like a brief glimpse at a bloater. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing the latter half of Boston where you now we're really getting involved with fighting off clickers and stuff like that. And Yo, oh, I, previous, I can't wait for the, on the creature effects. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like even the even that even that quick glimpse of a clicker at the top of the at the top of the skyscraper, you know, as as the scene's panning out and the thunderstorm starts and stuff like that. Which, which you know, it's funny because like my mind my mind is just just really whack and wild about <laughs> shit like that. It's like whenever there's a thunderstorm, do they just do they just get lit up? <laughs> because you know, like their 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 whole thing is like sound. You know, they can't see their whole mm. thing is sound. So they, they just get lit up whenever there's a thunderstorm or something crazy's going on. Like like what what goes on like. We need we need more science, right? That's just me being a nerd. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Well, um, Dan, I'm going to start with you. Um, uh, what were what were some of the takeaways from the show? Would you like best? Uh, what was something that you didn't like? Well, I think you kind of mentioned already, like like you know some of the casting, yeah, some of the casting decisions, as well as you know like the way Ellie is she's juxtaposed compared to like the game, right? Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I think so, you know, those are my two dislikes. I actually don't have anything else in that department, which is rare for me because I'm I can be petty. <laughs> so 
Um, no, what I, what I really, really liked about this, and you know, I think this is just such an, it's going to be an obvious and vanilla answer, but I love that they were able to bring a game and HBO did everything they can and it meshed so well, right? Like you, you could watch this show, not playing the game and enjoy it. Like the cinematics are fantastic. I love that they took the right parts out of the game and put it into the show and they didn't feel the need to do it cut for cut, take for take and everything that they expanded on. I think they did very, very well. And it's a smooth transition. Um, and I'm excited to see down the road what they're going to do with that because, you know, we have characters like Bill, you know, who's going to be played by Ron Swanson, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like now Bill, the survivalist, like him and all you see are notes from Frank, but now Frank is going to be in the show. Yeah. So they're going to expand yes. on these yes. two characters. You know what I mean? And, um, the the guy playing Frank is hilarious. He's a great actor. Um, people are yeah, gonna Murray know Bartlett. him. Yeah, people are gonna know him from White Lotus. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm excited to see him in that too. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. And I think I think they just nailed it. I, it's an A plus all around. Um, mm. And you know, last thing is just like for someone who's played the game and knows the story and everything about it i'm still sitting there tense wondering what's gonna happen as someone who knows what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and that's the best part that's the best part i don't know how they did it but they nailed it yeah i i agree with you on that because it's like it's like how is it that how's it i'm so engaged when i already know all this crap is coming (laughs) and you know i think that's the magic of it because you know we've always said we've always said as as gamers, we've always said, "Why would you want? Why would you want a movie or a TV show that exactly recreates like what we? Well, we can just go pop the damn thing in our consoles <laughs> or turn our PCs on and you know play it right there and stuff like that." And you know what? Just I, I feel like HBO is doing the same thing that Apple does. Like they give us stuff that we did not know we needed, yeah, until we get it right in front of us. And and I, that's that's wonderful. Uh, that's that's what I like best so far about this. Is like it's like. Hello, old friend. But what is this <laughs> new thing you brought me today? <laughs> uh, um, I don't have any. I. It's too early for me to say I, I have any dislikes. Uh, I I do agree. Like some of the casting choices are kind of sus. But you know, you know, we can't we can't always win there. You know, and stuff like that. You know, like you know, sometimes at the end of the day, like Hollywood's all about like who's the best actor for for this job. And sometimes, and sometimes, you know, Hollywood's also like, who's going to bring us who, what face is going to put butts in the seats or in this case, like, or like, you know, like pay the $15 a month for HBO max, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) So, so which characters did you think were sus? Um, I also agree with you. Like, I'm not really, I'm not really a fan of, um, of, uh, of Anna Torvis tests. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I will say, I will say this, like, you know, like this is a, this is a all business test, you know, similar to the to how the game was, but also like there's also a little bit of humanity in there because like when the whole the whole dialogue scene between her and Robert when like he had her like chained up to the chair and stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, like and and, and uh, you know like and so she was talking she was talking it out and you could tell like she was in survival mode, but at the same time she was also saying, hey, like I'm gonna kick the shit out of you when when this is all over with and stuff like that. Right. I kind of like how she kind of plays that game, like she she plays she plays a really good. game game and you know like it's it's going to be interesting to see how things lie in the next episode because like if anyone that if anyone knows how the game goes we already know what's going to happen you know right. stuff like that and that might be a spoiler for anyone that's listening that's never played the game before but you know it is what it is like <laughs> like we're in a post-apocalyptic situation where like we're like the world is, the world is winning versus humanity so like yeah nobody's making it out of here alive <laughs> um uh uh now just real quick and this is not when I heard Pedro Pascal was being cast as Joel and um, and Gabriel Luna was being cast as Tommy, I was like, "How's this gonna work?" And then you know, I, I, I you know, I I had to step out for a second because I was like, "This is Hollywood. Anybody can play any character as long as it's not hardcore meant for this character to be a certain way. If his his character is not meant to be like a white Caucasian, it doesn't have to be a white Caucasian. His character is not meant to be black. It doesn't. If his character is meant to be male or female, it doesn't it does not have to be that way? You know, so like that. So. 
that was something it didn't take me long to get past that i want to say it probably took me all of like two minutes to get to get over those casting choices and stuff like that but it wasn't a deal breaker for me and stuff like that um you know what's funny too just real quick um so i heard uh oh i'm blanking on her name who what's the girl's name that played sarah nico parker uh nico parker she has like this thick british accent british accent i was like oh my god that is amazing that you completely dropped that during the episode and like you know pascal lost his accent too i was like that's amazing they both sound so american (laughs) i've heard i've heard it's so easy for people for people with foreign dialects to 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 speak american (laughs) than it is for us (laughs) to speak in their dialects i i don't i don't understand i don't understand how that how that works because like I've tried. I've tried having a faux British accent, and I just sound like a jackass. <laughs> I sound Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 Stephanie, uh, likes and dislikes. You know, um, I'm glad you guys went before me because you pretty much covered anything that I could nitpick. Like, if I had to be, if I had to pick out maybe my least favorite, um, you know cast it, i would i would say it would be tess um not that it like bothered me oh no we're gonna we're gonna put that poor lady out of a job no now. you know she's what she's still, cast she still did well you know it's just hey you've got you we've they've set the bar wicked high like you know and and mm. same thing actually with the casting like with the you know joel um and his brother you know when i first looked at it my brain was like not computing does not compute but then, yeah. But I got over it like super quick. So, yeah, um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's. I'm sure maybe I'll find something to bitch about later. But it's one of the few scenarios where I can't go back and think of anything that I disliked. They've just struck this great, wonderful balance between new content and original content. I am going to rewatch it tomorrow with someone who's never played the game. So I would really love that person's. I'm going to see what their uh, reaction will be. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the series. Um, it's been a long time since I gotten really excited for a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So at this point, we've got eight episodes left in the series. Uh, season one is set for nine episodes. Um, so are we thinking that the remaining episodes are going to follow closely to the game or we think there's going to be some divergence besides, besides the stuff that they're going to add in just for more, for more, I guess, lore, lore keeping, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you think, uh, you think we're going to see some stuff that, you know, Hey, that was not in the game at all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, we have to fill out nine episodes, right? (laughs) But yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot that could have gone wrong in this first episode, but it gave me enough, um, give me enough hope that they're not going to screw it up and they're going to have continuity with, with the game and how they blend it into the show. So I, I have no, no fears whatsoever about what they'll add in mm-hmm. same um the the one other thing i will say is um is like is like this is probably gonna set the bar for a lot of other adaptations going forward and, I, and not just video game adaptations i mean everything that gets adapted from comic books to freaking to freaking actual books themselves to, to you know <laughs> more video game stuff cartoons you know like stuff that's getting at a these adaptations, I, I think, if this show is done well across, like not just this first season, but the but the entire run of the show, two seasons, that's what's planned. Mm-hmm. This is gonna set the bar freakishly high, and it's gonna, and you know, like it's gonna. Hopefully, it'll put all these all these hack directors like Uwe Ball out of business finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if this gets if they pull this off consistently, there's really no excuse. All right, all right, so we're. All right, so we're gonna wrap this up, but I have to ask. I have to ask you guys each what what was the most powerful scene uh, for you guys? Because for me, it's a toss up. I have two. I have two. Hmm. I mean, it's got to be the scene with Sarah. That was mm-hmm. that was one to watch. Like, um, that was one of mine. Yeah, that's it. And then I think I'll go back to the scene. Um, I'll go back to the scene where they've jumped forward. They did the time hop where you see with the kid. And from the time you see the kid to the time that Joel is tossing that body in, I think that was subtly a very, very powerful Mm -hmm. five minutes. 
Yep, that's that's that. Yeah, me too. Like that's you, you read my mind, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that scene. And if I could just toss in like the perfect three, the trifecta is um, when Joel killed that officer because he felt like the officer was going to kill Ellie, and it just mm-hmm. triggered him from his daughter's death because it elicited an emotional mm-hmm. response that he d- did not have for twenty years. For real, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that that goes in there too. I mean. Right, like Top A, B, three. and C. Yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I hope, I hope future episodes are also like have like those takeaway moments. It would be, it would be amazing if each episode has a takeaway moment and nothing feels like filler. You know what I mean? It would, yeah. it would be, it would be amazing. I don't know, nine episodes, like with nine episodes for a run, like how can it's easy to avoid filler. So hopefully like this is what's got, got yeah. planned, you know, Neil Druckmann, Neil Druckmann has his hands all over this. So, yeah. you know, I'm thinking this is a good yeah. thing. Ellie so, and Joel yeah. have a long journey ahead of them. So sure do. Good luck to them. Yeah. Wonder what's going to happen oh. next. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be rainbows and puppy dog tails. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, you know what? That's our show. Like, uh, like we've, we, we, we've hit the end. Uh, like, thank you for tuning in to us and, and listening and hanging out with us as we talk about the episode one of The Last of Us the new HBO series. Uh, before we head out, uh, this is a chance because, like, we kind of stopped doing this here at Boss Rush, but uh, we stopped plugging ourselves in our regular shows. But because this is a little bit unique and more different, like, we're going to go back to that old, that, old, that age old thing of plugging ourselves. So, Dan, like, let people know where they can find you. I actually forgot my Twitter handle. Come back to me. <laughs> wow dan's got an actual life <laughs> oh, here I we know, go right? <laughs> it's uh at dcdm99 on twitter and then uh if you're on any of our discords i think i'm just dcd over there so come by and say hi <laughs> stephanie you can find me on the internets primarily twitter uh instagram at klimov k-l-i-m-o-v underscore author you can find my articles on bossrush.net and on boss rush podcast and after dark and exp cast who that's getting long sorry <laughs> I know, right right <laughs> all right and as always you can find me on social media as well as youtube and twitch um and also various various different gaming channels by looking up exodus 803 all the information for how to how to find us and get in contact with us will be in our show notes either on the youtube side of the show or on the audio podcast of the show so just be on the lookout for that uh this is uh, this is the first episode of of eight more to come so get ready uh, we are going to go ahead and sign off for now. Y'all have a wonderful time and, uh, and hit us up. Let us know some of your favorite takeaways from this uh, adaptation of the last of us so far. We'd love to hear from you and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more in future episodes. It's been wonderful. Y'all have a good night. Night. Take care. Bye.